0: All right, Wall fans, that's right. Welcome to another edition of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. Notice I didn't say exciting. This is not an exciting edition, Wall fans. It's not. Wall fans, common sense, or social media world, everyone who's consuming this. We had something happen on Valentine's Day this week in Florida. And I think we have, I, I always think we have finally hit a point. But it seems like we just can never hit that point. So we're going to talk about it tonight. Stick around, episode 46 of Go Tells the Wall podcast. I am your host, the one and only Sean Work. We do have a live feed going tonight as per usual, so bear with me on that because we are probably going to have a little bit of interaction, as we usually do. Uh, we're also testing out a new microphone for the live feed this evening, uh, so hopefully everyone's getting a full, full audio complex, I don't know, whatever. I just, I don't have it. I don't have it tonight, wall fans. I don't. I didn't even want to do a podcast tonight. I just didn't. Because of everything that's happening. It's uh, it's disgusting. And it's been affecting me more than usual. And I think as much as I always think this is the final straw. This is the one. There's finally going to be some change. And there never was. I think maybe mentally I've realized... There's never going to be change. They're never going to do anything about this. And we have to force them to do something about it. Let's get into it, wall fans. Oh, let's get into it. There's going to be some ranting tonight. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it normal. Social plugs. You can always find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall, trying to move things from there to everywhere else possible because Facebook is just a muddy swamp of junk these days. You're getting really cynical, Sean O'Rourke, tonight because I... With what's happened this week, that's that's how it's going to be. Uh, but follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash go tell to the wall. Of course, on Twitter at Tell the Wall Pod or at Magic Muppet. Uh, also look for us on YouTube. Please subscribe on YouTube. We're putting new content up there almost daily. Uh, just search Go Tell to the Wall, and you will find our YouTube channel. Most importantly of all of those things is Live.com. That will take you to. Every single one of those social platforms that I just listed. Uh, so, so check us out there. SeanRourkeLive.com will take you to, to all of those things. And we'll also you'll also see some additional uh, material, photos and stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. Um, and that will also take you to Patreon if you want to financially support the podcast. Please don't hold this particular episode against me because I don't even know that we're going to get through the whole episode. I'm, I'm, I'm warning everyone out there. If you're on the live feed, I shot the teaser uh, which I usually do. If you if you only listen to podcasts, you don't know it, but we shoot a teaser, and, and it kind of set up the podcast for the live feed uh, every, every week, and I did that this week. Um, and it turned into me really just ranting uh, about the ridiculous policies and, and the fact that the politicians in Washington, D.C. do nothing. 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 Fuck your thoughts and prayers. That's all I have to say about that. Well, about your thoughts and prayers. i got a lot more to say about the rest of it. And I just, I just didn't even want to do it. But we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we're going to continue this movement so that we can actually get some action out of these fat cat politicians that just sit there and take money from the NRA. We're all over the place. Thankfully, Bridget is on the live feed tonight. She will tell me to shut up at some point here, I'm sure. Um, as I said, you know, let me let me talk about the beer a little bit. Let, let's talk about the beer, and then I'm going to talk a little bit more about this. Uh, so this week... For episode forty-six, we have another, another, another tasty brew from Spider Bite Beer Company. Uh, this is one I, we've had them on the podcast. We've done a beer review with them uh, for their first bite pale ale, and for this particular episode, we actually have their uh, Boris the Spider Russian Imperial Stout. I'm going to go ahead and show everyone on the live feed Russian Imperial Stout, uh, and this as much as I always tease people like why, why do you have to, why is it have to be poured in a glass? I don't care. I don't need to see the head. I don't need to see the pour. This particular one, because it's sitting at 10%, I went ahead and threw it in a fancy little glass there, uh, because it is a very high alcohol content beer, and I feel like it did need a little bit of a glass. Uh, But it's a very tasty one. I'm a big fan of Spider Bite uh, Beer Company, especially because, I've said it before on the podcast, Larry Goldstein, one of their founders, was was going to become a chiropractor and and instead got the beer brewing bug and followed his passion. He had passion, that's right, wall fans have that passion, uh, to brew beer, and he's been Quite successful at it. They've won some awards and everything else. They're out of Ipswich, Massachusetts now. Originally out of New York. Uh, but they distribute out of Ipswich, Massachusetts now. Probably pronouncing that incorrectly. Um, I'll get texts from some of my, my, my northeastern friends who are going to be like, No, I don't know. I can never pronounce those correctly. But check it out. Uh, Boris the Spider, Russian Imperial Stout. It is a winter... Brew that Spider Bite Beer Company puts out, uh, so you're only gonna be able to find it in the winter. I think it's a little difficult to get on the West Coast, but if you're in, if you're on the East Coast, Northeast especially, uh, you can probably find that one. It is a tasty stout, especially. Uh, I know, especially if you're a stout fan. I know, beer brewing bug. I actually do this, wall fans. I'm just having it pointed out as I'm stumbling over my words. I actually do this. Uh, as much as I don't put in a ton of prep, I actually do. Before I come into the studio to like, I do my prep, before I come into the studio, I actually go outside, I smoke a stupid e-cig, I'm trying to get rid of it, it's not happening these days, with, um, Jesus, not happening right now, but I go out and I smoke, and I do actually kind of run through my vowels and stuff, uh, but then I still stumble over my words. I'm clearly not an actor, as we've talked about on this podcast before, uh, so beer brewing bug, I'll have to throw that one into my repertoire so that I can actually get things out correctly, you know, ah, we'll see how it goes, um, but check them out. Spider Bite Beer Company, and their their motto is obviously get bitten, get bitten. You know, check them out. Grammatically correct too. And I'm enjoying this one. I'm enjoying it. I I need to numb the ridiculousness that is what happened yesterday. So it's probably good that I have a higher alcohol content stout for this particular episode. Highly recommend them. Shout out to uh, Spider Bite Beer Company. Larry Goldstein. I'm 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 blanking on the other founder's name. I keep Larry's name uh just in my head because i love the have passion aspect of it and and the beer brewing bug that that he got uh and in fact he actually noticed one of our uh one of our beer reviews that we did um so so it's gotten kind of over to to their neck of the woods i guess over to their neck of the woods like it had to make its way there traveling over the internet lines to the east oh geez it's going to be a long episode wall fans it's going to be a long episode uh, I'm gonna try to keep it upbeat. I really am. I really am. But like I said, I did the teaser and I, and I had to just stop. I had to walk out of the studio and I was crying. And I went back. Uh, my wife's putting my daughter to bed. I went back. I kissed my wife again and my daughter again. And uh, and and just I said, you know what? I gotta get gotta get to it. Um, honest to God, smacked myself in the face uh, just so I could could get up for this show uh, because you know we we have like 4,000 fans. But hopefully that's gonna continue to grow and we can continue to grow this movement. Uh, that is is gun reform and, and gun law reform. Um, and if you're not familiar with what happened yesterday, um, I'll tell you, Wall Fans, Common Sensors, it's, uh, you should be familiar with it. And, and I'm going to talk about this for a few, and then we're going to get into some social because this, there's so many levels to this. Um, but with what happened in, in Florida yesterday, and it's amazing how these things come out because I think back to, I was actually in high school. To to give you a little bit of my age, I was actually in high school when Columbine happened. I was in high school. I remember that the day stopped, and and every TV in every classroom went on. You know, a little tube TV sitting up in the corner went on, and we're watching news coverage. Columbine. And everybody stopped. And it was a huge thing. And it was not only gun reform that people were calling for, but really just overall being aware of these kinds of things. And that really felt like we would get some change out of that. Have we seen any? No. We had another mass shooting in Colorado. Not in Columbine, but in Colorado. And in fact, while I was still in high school, I can tell you because not firsthand running from it, but while I I was still in high school, and you can look it up, when the Santana high school shooting happened in San Diego, in Santee, California, which is San Diego. It's just east of San Diego. And I'll never forget to this day, sitting in my calculus class, so I, I must have been a senior in high school, sitting in my calculus class, and a friend of mine, Michael Mauger, I'm still in contact with to this day, comes running in the classroom. He must have been on, you know, you get the, when you're a senior, you get those like office jobs and, you know, you're spending a period helping out in the office. I think he was doing, comes running into the classroom, uh, Coach Ozdowski, t- t- teaching us calculus, comes running, the first thing he says, he runs in, Coach Oz looks at him, we call him Coach Oz, looks, what's going Someone pulled a Columbine at Santana. It's the first thing he said, someone pulled a Columbine at Santana. And we, st- and everything stopped. And we watched that news coverage. And I remember having to race against those students. A month or two later, racing against those students. On the track, against those students. And knowing what they had gone through just recently, within the past few months. And still, nothing. We all stopped. We all called for change. Still nothing. Now what happens? The news cycle barely stops. 17 people gunned down. With an automatic rifle, the news cycle barely stops. Sure, they cover it, but it's not everyone stopping because we've become numb to it. Well, Wall fans, I'm not numb to it. I'm not. I'm disgusted by it. I'm sick of living in fear. I'm sick of being afraid to walk out of my front door. And I'm sick of being afraid for my friends that have kids that are of school age and have to send their kids to school. I'm terrified of it. I'm terrified of four or five years from now when my daughter... We'll have to go to school. I'm absolutely terrified. Absolutely terrified. Don't know what I would do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Because the unfortunate thing here is we're going to push for this. But four or five years from now, unfortunately, we'll probably be sitting in the same place. And the only way to not be sitting in that same place is to push for this. Vote these assholes out. I've talked about it on this podcast. I didn't used to vote. I didn't used to vote. And that was absolutely wrong. What we need to do now is vote out these assholes that sit there in Washington, D.C., take money from the National Rifle Association so that they don't pass laws outlawing these kinds of guns, making it harder for people with mental illness to go out and legally purchase guns. That's why they don't do it, because they're getting money from an organization that wants everyone in America to have guns. The amazing thing is the the enrollment in the National Rifle Association, the NRA, it's only about 2% of the population of the United States of America. 2% wall fans. Think about that. 2%. So these politicians in Washington taking money from the National Rifle Association, they are essentially servicing the National Rifle Association and 2% of the population of this country. 2%. Think about that. 2%. It's maddening absolutely maddening. And then we have the orange menace. What's the first thing he does? Comes out yesterday. Well, clearly this, this individual had some mental illness and everyone around him should have been aware of that. So it's everyone around him's fault for not reporting it or knowing this was going to happen. Well, Mr. Orange Menace, you piece of shit that's sitting there in Washington in that big ivory house. A year ago, a year ago on February 14th, You repealed a law that Obama put into place, which made it harder, more difficult for people with mental illness to legally purchase firearms. You repealed that a year ago. So I don't want to hear it from you, Orange Menace, because this is your fault. Maybe not completely your fault, but you're not helping. You are enabling. That's what's happening here. You are enabling. In Florida, this 19-year-old, 19, can't drink. I don't know what the smoking age in Florida is, but possibly he can't smoke. He couldn't smoke in California. He couldn't buy cigarettes. However, he's able to procure an AR-15. You know what AR stands for? Automatic rifle. AR-15. And gun down 17 people. Well, kill 17 people, injuring another 14, I believe. I, it's hard to get the exact numbers on that because they had some people that were injured in the hospital and then subsequently passed away. He was able to purchase that. In Florida. And what do we have the Orange Menace doing? Pointing fingers at everyone else. Pointing fingers at everyone else. And Mr. Paul Ryan from Florida down there, taking over $3 million from the National Rifle Association. I don't want to hear about your fucking thoughts and prayers. Because they're useless. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. Get the fuck out of here. We're all done with it. Those of us in this country that have common sense, we're done with it. We're absolutely done with it. You're sitting there tweeting thoughts and prayers and all this other stuff and mental illness. No. No. This is the time to talk about it. And I'm sick of let the families grieve. Let the families grieve. Well, here's the problem. 18 mass shootings in this country in 2018. It's February fucking 15th, the day I'm recording this. 18. 18 mass shootings. So the thing is, there's never going to be a time to talk about it. We can't, we can't acquiesce to your wishes that we, we don't talk about it because there's never a time to talk about it because it's happening almost daily. It's happening almost daily. So we're going to talk about it because we need to help these kids. We need to help these families. We need to make sure this doesn't happen again. And most importantly, wall fans, I can't stress it enough. Love one another, love one another. Hug your family. Hug your friends. Because you don't know when that's going to happen. So many kids went to school on Valentine's Day in Florida not knowing that was going to happen. Not knowing they wouldn't be going home that night. And even the ones that survived and didn't even get injured, think about the, the mental stress that's now occurring for them. It's not fair. It's not fair. And the most important thing to remember here, well, I won't even say the most important thing to remember here, but the bottom line on this Gun rights and everything else, you say, whoa, don't take away my guns and all this stuff. Keeping in mind, 2%, 2%, 2% of the country. This isn't a majority of the country. 2%, 2% of the country belong to the NRA. And you know what? I don't care what you think. And if you do think this, you need to go see a psychiatrist right away. Nobody, nobody, nobody in the entire world needs to own weaponry like an AR-15. Nobody. I don't care if you're a police officer. I don't care if you're, if, you're a, uh, if, if you're in the military. You don't need to own it. The military can own those for when you go to war. The police station can have those locked up for the occurrence where you do need to have an automatic rifle. Outside of that, nobody needs to own a weapon like that. There's no reason. Protect your home? Get the fuck out of here. You need an automatic rifle to protect your home? I've been there. I was very young in the 80s, but I was there when my godfather was gunned down by not even a fully automatic rifle. Gun down. I'll tell you, if he was still around today, he would be talking similar to how I am. Because these don't these guns don't need to be on the streets. I don't care if it's purchased legally, illegally. And don't give me that stuff about, well, they're going to get the guns anyway. Well, even if they're going to get the guns anyway, why are we making it easier for them to get the guns? That's the bottom line there. Don't tell me criminals don't care about buying guns legally. Well, then why are we selling them legally? Nobody needs this. Criminal or not, you don't need an AR-15. You don't need something that has that firepower. Nobody does. Nobody. (sighs) God, I just, it makes me sick. I'm terrified for my daughter. Most important thing, wall fans, especially if you have kids, we need to make this world better for our kids. We need to make it better for our kids. We're not doing a good job of it. We're just not. Wealthy white assholes, they think they're doing a good job. They're not, they're not, and it needs to stop right now. Let's move on to some social. We're going to get back into, the, like, in and out of this, and, and I'm going to try to keep from crying uh, before the end of the show. We'll see how that goes. Let's get into some social. Uh, I want to be serious with, uh, with the social for a minute here, um, and then we'll have some fun stuff. Uh, one of the trending hashtags on Twitter right now, one of the trending hashtags right now, as it should be, and I'm going to get on this this wagon as well. I don't want to call it a bandwagon. It ain't a bandwagon. It's a common sense wagon. And that would be hashtag gun reform now. Hashtag gun reform now. And I encourage you, because there's actually a, a little viral response going around from a, a young lady who was at the school and hid in a closet for two hours. And she responded to Paul Ryan. I encourage you to check that one out. Where she points out, it is about guns. She was the victim there. If she's giving, if she's giving the okay to talk about this, it should be talked about. Should be talked about anyway. But if she's giving the okay, it should be talked about. Um, but I encourage you use this gun reform hashtag gun reform now. Um, this is one I want to bring up. That's actually I know of this one, but it came up again today because of hashtag gun reform now. And this is an important thing. This is what is wrong with our country, and whatever a lot of other countries get correct. 20 years ago, a man in Australia opened fire with a semi-automatic assault rifle in a cafe, killing 35 people. 20 years ago, Australia issued a gun reform policy and has not had a fatal mass shooting since. In the past 20 years, the U.S. has had 1,607 mass shootings. Another one I saw on here, uh, Black Lives Matter actually tweeted, hashtag gun reform now. Just row after row. White supremacy is terrorism. White supremacy is terrorism. White supremacy is terrorism. White supremacy is absolutely terrorism. And we need to remember that. We can't make it okay. Just because the orange menace says there's good people on both. No, we can't make it okay. Being a bigoted racist is not okay in any situation. It's just not. And it has to stop. So I encourage you wall fans, common censors, all of you out there, Check out hashtag gun reform now and add to it because we want to keep this movement moving. We want to grow this movement because obviously the people sitting in Washington, D.C. just don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They're going to watch all of us die. They really don't care. Although they need to keep in mind that your little tax plan that's taxing the hell out of all the middle class and lower class. If you kill all of us, you ain't going to get that. You're not going to be making money. Your little budget plan, you know. You're going to actually have to pay some fucking taxes. Oh, oh my God. What would happen if Washington, D.C. had to pay some actual taxes like the rest of us instead of just writing everything off? That'd be amazing. Can you imagine the country we'd live in? It'd be amazing. It'd be absolutely amazing. All right, let's move on here. I did find a couple funny ones that I want to bring up because as much as I want to just well in this self-loathing, this country-loathing, and this this politician-loathing, Mode that we're in, you know, we gotta carry on, Uh, and that would be hashtag 80s marriage proposals. hashtag 80s marriage proposals. Now this isn't, which is funny because I saw this at first and I was like, are they just reliving marriage proposals from the 80s? No, 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 no. What they've done is taken like 80s themed stuff, mainly movies, and turned it into like a wedding proposal. I will tell you, a couple of them are pretty good. Will you be my princess? Ah, It's not that good. Will you be my princess bride? hashtag 80s marriage proposals. Uh, one of the good ones I enjoyed, I'll be back home every night for the rest of your life. I'll be back if you're not familiar with that one. Mm, yeah, mm. the governator. Uh, but the one that I love, I just absolutely love this one. Uh, if you marry me, we'll never give you up, let you down, run around, or desert you. I got Rick rolled while I was looking at hashtags on the Twitter. Uh, hashtag 80s marriage proposals. So check that one out if you if you're in need of a little break. Uh, from the ridiculousness that is this country and what is happening in this country, uh, check that one out. Another one I found is hashtag weird ways to flirt, weird ways to flirt, and some of these are really good. Um, <laughs> something's a little weird, and it's funny because I think pe- some people like like that. Uh, but one of them is uh, sharing your knowledge of random infectious diseases. Hashtag weird ways to flirt. This is the one that maybe some people like. Like, I, no problem if you like it in the comfort of your own home and you know, with with a person that you're doing your thing. Uh, pee on them and mark them as your territory. Uh, hashtag weird ways to flirt. Don't pee on people. I I know that's a thing. Don't just like run around. Ah, no, never. You never should do that. Uh, poke them on Facebook. Weird ways to flirt. I don't. Can you still poke people on Facebook? Uh, hashtag weird ways to flirt. I guess, I, I don't know, I don't know. Um, Alright, I do want to get a little bit, still fun, but a little more serious compared to those, uh, and that would be, and it's funny, because I kind of, I, I debated putting this in tech or social, but I really feel like it fits in social, um, and so what's happened with Facebook, as we know, we've talked about Facebook, we're literally live streaming on Facebook, even though Facebook sucks, like Facebook is really, it's really honest to God terrible now, like it is a terrible platform. But we continue to live stream there simply because that's where we have the most following when it comes to a video standpoint. Um, but yeah, Facebook's pretty terrible. Uh, like I, I've stopped using it personally, uh, like scrolling through and everything. I just, I completely stopped. Um, I basically use it to, to do this, live streams and do podcast stuff and then post photos of, of my beautiful daughter uh, simply because my relatives and stuff, that's where they're on is the Facebook and stuff. Uh, but what has happened is uh facebook is actually taking advantage of the the f u e i believe it's called no two f a f u e two f a uh the ah their system two f a basically this is if if you log into facebook and you can do like the two step verification and you can add your phone number you know i i i don't believe my phone number is on facebook maybe it is i can't remember if it's i don't i don't mess with facebook uh but you can' do that and so what's happening is facebook is getting lonely. And so for people that have this 2FA, two-step verification for their accounts and haven't logged in in a couple months, Facebook has started sending them text messages. I'm not even kidding. They're sending them text messages. Relentlessly sending them text messages to the point where people that have gotten them, and this is one in particular, where a guy was getting them and replied, stop, stop, stop texting me, and then goes on to realize that those responses that he's giving to the text from Facebook it's actually going live on his Facebook timeline. So those responses. So if you look at this guy's Facebook timeline, there's actually a status update that just says, Do not text me. Awkward. Much. Awkward. You know, just a little too much. Um, so maybe if you haven't shared your phone number with Facebook, probably you probably don't want to do that. Simply because they're just going to... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I don't even know what's going on with Facebook. Uh, I'm going to talk a little, about, a little more about them in tech because this, this algorithm stuff has been kind of debunked uh, to an extent. No, actually, I'm going to talk about it right now. Man, I'm all over the place tonight. I'm like, oh, oh no, it is in my notes right here. <laughs> and that's a Facebook algorithm. We talk about that a lot, quite a bit on the podcast. Bridget, let me know how the sound is on the live feed when you get a chance because I'm, I'm rocking a new mic. Um, for those of you just listening at home, we got a new mic for the live feed. I'm I'm hoping it's a little better and I don't have to have a lavalier attached to me. You know, just nicer. I don't know. Who knows? It's all just guessing games. Got, that's funny. I got to tell my, like, go to my wife. Honey, I need to buy. It's like, well, here, I I bought you this box of chocolates. I need to buy a new microphone. <laughs> like, and a lot of things are tax deductible, but it's still just like, uh <laughs> I got to buy another new thing. Oh, Jesus. It's never ending. Never ending. Um but we did need the new mic for the live feed, so I'm I'm hoping it's working well on the live feed. I shot a couple of uh, YouTube vids with it. Um but because of I move around a lot, um random beep. Hmm, that's strange. Random beep. I wonder if the I'll have to check out that random beep. I wonder if it's my mic. We'll see how that goes. Uh but apologies if you're on the live feed and it's being a little weird. It's uh it's it's a new mic that we're testing out here. Alright. Uh so the Facebook algorithm so there's a BuzzFeed uh, writer, journalist, BuzzFeed journalist, uh, that is, uh, he, he basically wanted to try to get to the bottom of the Facebook algorithm, and so what he did was posted a video, this six minute long video of, of a young lady in New York giving a tour of her tiny little apartment in New York, like a tour of the tiny little apartment, yeah, that's a six minute long video. And what he did was he posted it, and people like commented and stuff, and because of the commenting, he was able to keep pushing it up into everyone's Facebook feed. You know, you go in and see what's at the top of your feed to the point where he was able to get it to the top of people's feed for like 12 days, almost two weeks, getting at to the top of the feed to the point where people at first were commenting like about the apartment or whatever else or just because he was posting. And then they started commenting like, why is this at the top of my feed every damn day? every day. And what happened was he realized that Facebook rolled out this new algorithm thing that we've talked about it, you know, it's supposed to be relevant news and everything. This is a 6-minute tour of some little tiny probably hipster Brooklyn apartment in New York, you know. It's just like yeah. Um but what he basically the new algorithm was supposed to push certain things at to the top that were relevant. But it's not actually doing that. What it's doing is it's just basing that on likes and comments. So, for example, let's say someone is getting into a little bit of a social media battle on Facebook about politics. 150 comments on it. And they're a friend of yours. That's going to continually pop to the top of your news feed. Continually pop to the top of your news feed. Because that's how the algorithm works. Now, we don't fully know how the algorithm works. I don't think Facebook knows fully how the algorithm works. But that's what's happening. So if you're wondering why you're seeing the same thing at the top of your feed... Uh, day after day, which I constantly do, did. I, I basically kind of stopped uh, using using Facebook for personal stuff. I, I scroll through, like, the Twitter and, and all that other junk instead, simply because the algorithms are much, much better. Uh, all right. Let's move along. Before we get serious again, I'm enjoying my uh, Russian Imperial stout here. Tell you, I just don't have it tonight, Wall fans. since just it's been a long day and a half here. Uh, TV, film, books. Ready Player One. Ready Player One. Ready Player One. If you're not familiar with the book, we have talked about it on the podcast, uh, and there is a movie coming out, directed, produced by Steven Spielberg. I actually don't have the release date right in front of me, but they did just drop a brand new trailer. They did just drop a brand new trailer. Uh, and just came out yesterday, I believe on Valentine's day, maybe beginning of this week, not positive, but it did come out and I'll tell you, got me super excited, got me super, super excited, uh, on the nostalgia. And I will tell you wall fans on this, check out the trailer, check out the trailer. Don't read too much into it. But if you haven't read the book, I would highly, highly recommend reading the book, especially if you grew up in the eighties, it's very nostalgic and it has a lot of eighties kind of pop culture stuff in it. Um, so if you haven't read the book, read the book before the movie comes out. And the thing is, I'm seeing some backlash on the movie. Not backlash, but people are like, this looks dumb and everything else. And it's because, you know what? When a book is made into a film, you're not going to be able to capture everything from that book. Look at Forrest Gump, Jurassic Park. Like, you know, look at those. See, Chris is excited about Ready Player One. I'm excited. I'm super excited. But there's been a little backlash. And the thing is, because people are like, oh, it just looks like a big... Well, yeah, it is, because you're packing an entire book into, like, a 90-minute movie. It might be a, it's probably a two-hour movie. They make so many two-hour... used to be a standard was 90 minutes, and maybe, a, like, if you went two hours, you're like, ooh, that's a long movie. Now it's, like, two, two-and-a-half hours. Uh, nonetheless, you're not going to be able to pack everything from the book in there. So you got to enjoy it for what it is. got to take all, you know, make it visually stunning, and I think that's what Ready Player One is doing, and what Steven Spielberg has done is making it visually stunning, and for those of us that enjoyed the book, we're going to enjoy the movie. If you haven't read the book, you're probably going to enjoy the movie. But just keep keep in mind it's probably going to be a bit of an action movie uh, to you as opposed to those of us that have read the book where it just becomes a, a, more of a a, 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 so, a comment on society, I guess you could say, for lack of, of better words. Um, so I'm excited about it. Cannot wait. Read the book, Wall fans. All right, moving on. TV. So Jeffrey Tambor. Ooh, Jeffrey Tambor. Used to be a little bit of a fan of his. Not a huge fan. Uh, he had a little show called Transparent. Some stuff came down months ago about uh, his he had some accusations of sexual harassment levied against him. Uh, well he has officially been fired from transparent, which is an Amazon Prime originals show. He's officially fired uh, so I, I personally I don't I haven't watched transparent not because I don't want to it's just I, like it hasn't been one of the shows I've gotten to uh, but if you watch that show, he is officially fired. Won't be back on the next season, but they are continuing with this show, which is interesting because I don't know a ton about the show, uh, but it does seem interesting because he like he seems he's the main character. I like I believe he became a transvestite, and that was kind of the premise of the show. So we'll see where they go with it. I don't watch the show, but if you do watch it, Tambor out. Uh, show continuing. Some other interesting news, which I really I really really love this because I loved it when Shonda did it, Shonda Rhimes, uh, and now we have another writer, director, producer who has inked a deal with Netflix, and that would be the great Ryan Murphy. He's a very well-renowned writer, director, producer. Also, I'm sure he does show running as well, or did at one time. uh, Has inked a deal with Netflix. He was actually with 20th Century Fox, had a deal with them. His deal expired with them. And the interesting thing here is Disney, the Walt Disney Company, was really courting him, and especially with the acquisition of Fox that they're going through right now, they're working through all the fine details and stuff. They were really courting him. They wanted Ryan Murphy at Disney. They wanted him at Disney. What happened was he was in talks with Netflix and realized that was a more lucrative deal uh, because we all know the mouse is getting pretty pretty damn greedy here and and they're kind of backtracking on everything, you know. Bob Iger came out and he's like, "Well, we're not actually competing with Netflix when we do our own streaming." So it's like, "No, no, no, sir, you you are. That's what you're trying to do. Don't backpedal now because you realized it was kind of a bad idea to begin with." So we'll see what Ryan Murphy does. He's got a big deal with Netflix. Going to be Netflix original movies coming out, uh, and we'll see if they actually get some shows. I, I I didn't look at details on the deal itself, but he's he's now with Netflix. Ryan Murphy, very well renowned uh, writer, producer, director. Uh, all right. I put this one in in TV, film, and books. It's really kind of kind of social, kind of viral, uh, and that would be Jerry Seinfeld. Comedians in cars getting coffee. If you're not familiar with this, Jerry Seinfeld started this couple years ago, more than a couple years ago, probably five, six, seven years ago or so, started this little series. It was originally a web series. I think you can find it on uh, like Hulu and stuff now. It was originally a web series where he, like friends of his that are comedians, he'll go and pick them up. Uh, they'll get in the car and then they'll go out and have coffee and, and, you know, they drive there and it's just, it's funny stuff. It's usually very funny. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld was a very funny comedian, horrible, horrible actor, but a very, very funny comedian. Uh, and he's, you, you know, he's had plenty of comedians on there. Uh, I've seen a little bit of them. Uh, the, again, this is not something I watch like crazy, but I, you know, I watch a little bit of it, see interstitials here and there when he has someone funny, uh, uh, you know, on the show. Uh, but what's happened is he's actually getting sued actually getting sued over the show. Uh, And that's because there's a producer named Christian Charles. Christian Charles, who claims that he pitched the idea of comedians in cars getting coffee to Jerry Seinfeld in 2002. He claims it was his idea, and Jerry Seinfeld didn't want to share the idea with anyone, so he ran with it. The interesting thing here is that Christian Charles actually directed an episode of comedians in cars getting coffee in 2012. So... I have a feeling we'll see some extra stuff coming out of this. I don't know that Jerry Seinfeld's losing his show, uh, but really, if you thought someone stole your show, why would you go direct an episode for him? It's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I'm gonna ask some of my industry friends about that. I'm like, would you go direct a show if someone stole your idea? Um, I mean, I guess if you're desperate, if you need money, I'll do it. You want to steal Go Tell Us the Wall podcast? I will come and direct your podcast called Go Tell Us the Wall. Uh, although, good luck with that because I actually own—I <laughs> uh, own a lot of the things. You—you you can also buy uh, Go Tell the which I own and we actually don't use. <laughs> it's funny actually. This is recent. I think I woke up like last weekend. Woke up. I think it was last weekend. One of these weekend, like on a Saturday morning, because my, my wife was home. She wasn't running out the door to go to, uh, go to the office. And I, was, I woke up. I was like, "Honey, I, I gotta go buy this URLs Within the past couple weeks, because we own Sean and Work Live. That's kind of our main thing. Uh, and we have Podomatic.GoTellItToTheWall.com, which is, you know, that's where we host and we get all that stuff. And I think we have a Weebly website that we don't use. It's probably sitting out there somewhere. Uh, but I realized, like, oh, shoot, we don't own GoTellItToTheWall.com. So I, went on, I own it. We own It doesn't do anything, but we own it. We'll probably use it one day. But if you're going to steal my ideas and you're going to pay me a bunch of money, I'll yeah, maybe I'll come do it. Everyone knows the real uh, the real common sensor here and the real host of Go Tell Us The Wall podcast. Because I am the one and only work. Not even close to one and only. All right, let's move on from that. Let's talk some sports. Let's talk some sports, wall fans. I want to get serious here for a second. We do have some sports this week. But the interesting thing is it's not really sports. It's not really like crazy sports. It's socially relevant sports. So the Olympics kicked off. Just under a week ago, they kicked off. Uh, I watched some of the opening ceremonies this past Friday, whatever that date was. I'm not going to look at calendar. I don't even even know where I'd look. This past Friday, I watched some of the opening ceremonies for the Olympics in Pyeongchang, South Korea. Pyeongchang. I'm like I've been. That's the other one. I like working. I'm like Pyeongchang, and I think I'm saying it right. Not positive. My wife will yell at me. She actually somewhat speaks Korean, (laughs) Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, But Olympics going on in Pyeongchang. So Mike Pence was at the opening ceremonies for the Olympics. Bear with me, wall fans. So if you're familiar with the Olympics and the opening ceremonies, they actually parade in all of the nations, all of the countries that are competing in the Olympics. So they do it alphabetically depending on the alphabet for that country. So like in Korea, they have a slightly different alphabet. So the United States wasn't going under with like U, you know, ABCD, blah, 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 blah. but there's exceptions to this. They do them alphabetical order. The exceptions are, uh, number one, the first team, first country that comes out for every single Olympics is Greece. Simply because that is where the Olympics were born, was in Greece. They earned the right, I mean earned, they they get the right to, to come out first because that's where the Olympics started in Greece. Uh, and the other exception is the last country nation to come out is the host country, the host country. And they come out. Well, Korea came out, and actually unified Korea, North and South Korea. I'm not going to get into the politics of North and South Korea. We all know that's a crazy son of a bitch up there in North Korea. Whatever. So as they come out, the entire stadium stands, the entire stadium, with the exception of Vice President Mike Pence, the gray menace. He sits there while Korea walks in, and he came out and said it was a form of protest against Korea. Think about that for a second, Wall fans. Mike Pence was incredibly vocal against football players kneeling for the national anthem and said they were protesting the flag and protesting the military and everything else. However, he sits there last Friday protesting something completely different, protesting Korea by sitting. That, Wall fans and common censors, is basically the definition of hypocrisy. Close to the definition of hypocrisy. Uh, so Mike Pence, maybe quit spending taxpayer dollars to go to sporting events around the world and throw a fit like a two-year-old. My one-year-old? More mature than you, Mr. Pence. Much, much, much more mature than you. And amazingly, she can be in a room with people of the opposite sex, and it's not weird. Think about that one, Wolfhands. If you're not familiar, do a little research on the Grey Menace. <laughs> yeah, that's son of a bitch. Oh, I did notice something else at the opening ceremonies that I found interesting. So if you watch the opening ceremonies, they didn't actually show it like during the feed, but they, they, they showed highlights of it. There was a guy that interrupted the opening ceremonies, not once, twice, twice. He interrupted the opening ceremonies twice, ran out on stage twice. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, this dude trespasses, runs on the field and on the stage once. Why is he still there? Even having the second opportunity to do this. And it's funny because my wife and I were watching it, I think after the opening ceremonies, they were talking about it. And I went, you know what? I, I bet that is a super, super wealthy Korean guy. Or like maybe his dad's a politician. It was a younger guy, but I, I was like, I bet he's super, super wealthy. And also just kind of, like I don't want to say dumb, but just like crazy, you know, harmlessly crazy. And so I think I have a feeling what happened was they kicked him out once and they were like, well, we can't really kick him out. And he was running up there again. they were like, all right, dude, you got to stop running out on the stage. So that happened. Great security. there, uh, And I, honestly, I'm sure they had a, incredibly tight security. But I have a feeling this was like a, a famous dude or, you know, wealthy dude that like is known in Korea. And they're like, well, we can't really kick you out. You know, I mean, I mean, think about it in this country. Like, if, if, I mean, we are having the Olympics. Thank God it is it is literally impossible for the Orange Menace to still be president when we have the Olympics coming to Los Angeles. Literally impossible. I would call it impossible for him to make it past four years. I didn't even think he was going to make it this long, to be honest, but who knows? We got a lot of crazy sons of bitches in this country, you know? But I would imagine if we had the Olympics here and the Orange Menace was there and kind of and just went walking out on stage, like, they ain't kicking him out, you know? Got a bunch of supporters out there with a stupid MAGA hat. Make America great again. Get the fuck out of here. All right, let's move along. I want to get serious for a second. Serious again for a second. And I put this one in sports. Because we had many heroes yesterday in Parkland, Florida. Many, many heroes. Um, Among them were cross-country (sighs) scope. Among them were co- cross-country sco- coach Scott Beigel and athletic director Chris Hickson, who were both killed during the shooting. And they're being hailed as heroes for helping to get kids out of, out of the, the gunfire. Even beyond that, we're getting reports. Assistant football coach Aaron Feiss literally grabbed kids and shielded them from gunfire. Literally grabbed kids, shielded them, ushered them into a room as he was shot, ultimately, to death. Multiple times, shot to death, made it to the hospital and passed away there. Well, Wall fans, I bring this up because as tragic as this is and as disgusting as it is and as much as we know there are things that can be done to prevent these things, the one good thing is we can look at people like this and know there's still good people in the world. And what I want to do is instead of seeing that white supremacist son of a bitch posted everywhere, everywhere, he's at the top page of every news site, he's all over social media, his booking photo, his mugshot, all the other things. Instead of putting this son of a bitch, racist, bigoted, son of a bitch murderer, putting his face everywhere, we need to put these people's faces out there. Aaron Feist, you're a true hero. Scott Beigel, Chris Hickson. You're all true heroes for what you did to save kids. Save kids' lives. Teenagers. Teenagers. Not even able to drink. You know, their whole lives ahead of them. I commend these men. And I commend everyone that was on that campus that was helping. I commend those police officers that tracked him down as he tried to be Casual one. Pretend that it wasn't him. Tracked him down and arrested him. I commend all of them. And those are the people that we need to focus on. We need to focus on the victims and we need to focus on the heroes. And the heroes who were also victims. Like Aaron Weiss, Literally saved kids' lives. Literally saved kids' lives. By putting himself in the line of fire. I would like to say that I would do the same. And I'm 100% positive I would do this for my daughter and, or my wife. But I'm not positive that I would do that in that situation. And here we, these are true heroes. These are true heroes. True heroes. Not like that piece of shit sitting there in Washington, D.C. I apologize, wall fans. All right, let's get into some tech. Let's get into a little bit of tech. We've got some more stuff. I just found this one interesting. So the Olympics are happening right now, as we've mentioned and talked about on this particular podcast episode and last episode. Um, if if you're familiar with Olympic events, one of those will be the luge. Luge. This is where you you uh, you go sliding down the thing. It's the same track that they use for bobsleds. If you're more familiar with bobsleds or you know any of those things, but you're basically sliding on just this little sled. We actually the United States earned a silver medal in the luge uh, this past weekend uh, from Chris. Uh, ah, Blanket Metzger, Chris Metzger, earned the U.S. a silver medal in the luge. But I found this one interesting because the luge team, the United States Olympic luge team, uh, they were looking to better their luge sleds to make them better, to make them more form-fitting to the individual athletes, and also to save some money because basically when you're fabricating all these crazy sleds, it gets expensive, you know, and so when you're making tiny, tiny small adjustments on the sleds, it also becomes expensive you know. So what they did was they teamed up with a company called Stratasys. Stratasys. I'm not going to spell it for you. Figure it out. Stratasys. <laughs> this is actually a 3D printing company. They do 3D printing. And so the Loose team came to them and said, "Can you 3D print Loose sleds or parts for Loose sleds?" And so they worked with them to create much more athlete-friendly luge sleds. And I found this really interesting because I've I've been fascinated by 3D printing really ever since it kind of hit the mainstream. Um, I have a couple friends that, that either play around with it or work with it in, in an artistic medium or, or, you know, deal with it at their office. Um, I remember a friend of mine, Yeti, saying a couple years ago when they got a uh, a 3D printer at a, a place that he worked and the 3D printer was actually missing like a foot. That goes on it like a plastic foot that kind of just goes on the bottom, and I don't know. I can't specifically. I don't know, uh, but what he did was just found like a code for it for the 3D printer and literally printed out another like foot to put on there. It's fascinating 3D printing, uh, and now we're seeing where the technology is getting into sports, namely the Olympics in this instance. And I'm sure we're going to see more and more of it. I just really am. Uh, I'm fairly certain on that, especially when it comes to like cyclists and like cycling and that kind of stuff. Obviously, you're not going to create a bicycle frame out of it but if it comes to making parts lighter or whatever else it might be then then that that could be an instance where the 3d printing does come in to help so i found that very interesting wall fans um check that out if you're interested in 3d printing the luge team working with stratasys very interesting um i got a warning for all of you out there still carrying around an iphone ipad ios really ios anything uh there's a new bug going around new bug going around uh, it actually disables all the messaging on your iPhone. All of the messaging gets disabled on your iPhone. Um, and it's actually related to Indian language characters. Uh, please forgive me. There's a name for the Indian language. And if I had it right in front of me, but uh, uh, Telugu, Telugu, I should have looked up the pronunciation on that previously, um, but Telugu, basically what they speak in India, there's a particular Indian language character. That if it's sent to your to an iPhone or pops up on on an iPhone, it actually disables all the messaging. There's a bug with the software update, uh, so just be aware of that, wall fans. If 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 you have an iPhone and, and you run into this, it, it could be the bug, and I'm sh- I, it sounds like it's going to be fixable. Uh, Apple is literally working to fix the problem right now and rolling out fixes and everything else. As much as as much as we joke about Apple and how I'm like I hate, I don't can't use Apple. I'm a you know I'm a PC and I'm an Android guy, but I, Apple's actually pretty good about. Uh, like software updates and that kind of stuff. They're, they're actually good about that. So I wouldn't worry too much if you're an iPhone user. Just be aware that that might happen, and there should be a fix coming very, 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 very soon. Okay, all right. We're getting a little short on time simply because I had to spend a lot of time talking about common sense and, and what happened in Florida yesterday. Uh, but let's get into some more common sense. I actually have a carryover from last week. So FEMA and Puerto Rico. Yes, Puerto Rico. Still not being helped by the government. Still not being helped. Elon Musk is helping them. Our government, not so much. Maybe Orange Menace needs to get on that and realize, you know, we have some Americans down there in Puerto Rico. Yeah, they're Americans. Yeah, yeah, come on, look it up. Uh, so what's happened is FEMA, if you're not familiar with FEMA, I'm not going to get into that because FEMA is kind of, it's. I don't want to call it a useless organization. It is a jacked-up organization. So they had ordered 30 million meals. 30 million, like, boxed meals to be sent down to Puerto Rico. They got a contractor out of Georgia, out of Atlanta, to create these 30 million meals and get them down to Puerto Rico. Well, what happened was instead of 30 million meals, they actually got 50,000. 50,000. 30 million, 50,000. No, more like 50,000. Well, what happened was the contractor that they got wasn't capable of doing this, had never done anything on such a large scale. But what does FEMA do? They still contract that person. That's what they do. And here's the thing. it's disgusting. I'm not the least bit surprised. I've actually dealt with FEMA on a personal level. My parents lost their house uh, back in the Cedar Fire in 2003. Like, I know. I get it with FEMA. That's why, like, when uh, Hurricane Katrina happened and FEMA really dropped the ball on everything, I was, like, I mean, I felt terrible, but it was like, that's not a surprise. Like, it just really got exposed because that was such a big disaster. So I'm not surprised at all. It's very typical FEMA. Like just the, the whole organization needs to be fixed. Whole organization needs to be fixed. And fortunately, we have people like Elon Musk who are actually going down there and doing things. People like Alex Cora, who's going down there to help his his homeland, uh, with 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 supplies and and with everything else. Those are the people we need that are making a difference. That have passion for making a difference because. Making a difference is when you when you're capable of making a difference. It's just common sense to do so. All right, I have a little personal story. This actually happened today. Oh my gosh, this happened today. Something else happened today, but it, like which I have to go back to, and we'll probably talk about it on the next episode because I'm sitting at the park, sitting across from Cafe de Leche, and Caleb. I hope you're you're still on the live feed there. Mark Marin comes walking up. We'll talk about that next week. We may have we may have gotten some podcast stickers into Mark Marin's hands. We're gonna talk about that next week. Uh, but as I'm on this, I'm out walking with my daughter today, I'm walking down the street. I'm actually right near an elementary school that's not far from my house, right, near, right right across the street from elementary school. And I look up and there's this little hipster girl, young lady, you know, very hipstered out, walking a little dog. And I can see, and it's funny because I'm walking up behind and I'm like, she's taking up the whole sidewalk and she's got headphones in and she's looking at her phone. This is very typical, like the hipsters walking around here, walking her dog. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get past this 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 girl. Uh, and she kind of looks back, and she she actually did notice I was coming and let me pass. I'm pushing a stroller, pushing a jogger stroller. As I'm passing, I realize her dog's squatting right there on the grass. And she, she's looking at me because she knows. She's like, oh. And so I watch, and I'm walking slow, slowly by, and I watch. And she lets the dog poop, lets the dog take a shit right there, cross the street from an elementary school. Elementary school. Kids literally cross at the cross. It's right next to the crosswalk for this elementary school. Kids are crossing there all the time. So I turned around, I was like, You have a bag for that? You are gonna clean that up? She goes, Oh no, I don't have a bag right now. And I was like, uh, you really should have a bag. You, you can't you can't just leave that there. She's like, Oh, I don't have a bag. And I was like And she's like, Why are you worried about it? I was like, Because I am out here with my daughter all the time and I'm really getting kind of tired of walking through dog poop because it's a constant thing in our neighborhood. She's like, Oh, there's so many more important things in the world and I'm like, trust me. This is the day after Parkland. The day after what happened like, no, no, I get it. I get it. But I'm sick of my kid having to play in dog poop. Right across the street from elementary school. Elementary school. She's giving me a hard time. So I turn around. And this is the thing. I've talked about it on the podcast before. I'm going to start busting people on this. I took a picture of her. All hipstered out with her stupid little dog and stuff. Took a picture of her. She goes, why are you taking a picture of me? She goes, you're creepy. I'm going to walk in. And she starts walking in. I was like, that's probably for the best. They took a picture of her. And I didn't get like in her face. You know, I'm a good like maybe eight feet from her. And I just turned around. I snapped a picture of my with my cell phone. It's like, why are you taking a picture? Don't worry. And so what I did is there's this nice little app called Nextdoor. If you live in Los Angeles, you can get it specifically for your neighborhood. So I posted her photo. And I said, we have this young lady not cleaning up dog waste. And I was very polite about it. But I'm going to call these people out on it. Because it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I have a one-year-old. I'm constantly having to walk in dog poop. It happened two days ago, too. I'm standing outside. My daughter's taking a a nap. And I'm standing outside on my porch. And I look up. And there's a woman walking two dogs. And one of the dogs... Again, poops right across the street from me. And it's funny because I see her start walking off and then she looks up at me and I'm holding my phone and I'm not even taking a picture of her just yet. Holding my phone in my hand. And she looks back she goes, oh. And she had a bag. Just didn't want to pick it up. But she turned back and picked it up because she could see I was looking at her. So wall fans, clean up your fucking dog. Just just clean up. Nobody needs to be walking in dog shit. That's, that's not my job. to, to I, don't, I shouldn't have to walk in dog shit just because you need to have a dog and you're going to go walk him around in your stupid little hipster pants. Like, come on. Like, no. No, no, no. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way, wall fans. Clean up after your dog. Clean up after your cat. Constantly chasing cats out of my yard because they like to poop in my, my garden box. And again, I have a one-year-old. The last thing I need is my, my kid going outside and picking up cat poop. Like, come on. Like, cats, I, I can deal with a little more. But like, okay, so you have a cat that's kind of out there. Like, okay, I'll chase him out. But a dog, you're walking a dog. Clean up the poop. Come on. Clean up the poop. Oh, boy. You know what, I'm going to skip. Uh, we'll see. we got about five minutes left. You know we'll talk about that one. So I had a, a, a shipment coming in from, it was an Amazon shipment about a week ago. And it was actually something cheap. It was like six bucks. It was some of those gloves that you use when you're when you're photo editing or doing art on a tablet. And um, I always have trouble writing on my tablet. I don't use it, so much, like pho- photography editing is one thing. But when I'm writing, I like to write on my tablet or on my my, my Surface. So I pick these up. And I get a notification because as, as you do from Amazon, package delivered. I knew what it was. I look outside there's there's no package. So I call Amazon. Uh I got a notification my package was delivered, no package. And they even put a note like left in mailbox. Like there's there's no package. Send so Amazon calls the the post office. Like I'm trying to track down the package. They're so, like we don't know where it is. They give me a case number and all that. And I'm telling the guy on Amazon, I'm like you got to just send me a new one. So after I spent about 30 45 minutes dealing with Amazon and they're like we'll send you a new one if if the original comes, you know, send that one back, blah blah blah. So I go walk outside just randomly. Like, Let me look outside one more time. Mailman, mail mail carrier pulls up. This guy jumps out of the 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 mail truck van, whatever, you know they call it these days. Jumps out and he's holding an envelope and he goes to start sticking it in my mailbox. I was like, uh, do you have an envelope? And he's like, yeah. He's like, "Oh," he's like, "Oh yeah, sorry. I delivered it to the same address 2 blocks away." So 2 blocks away on a different street, same address that that as as our house number, same address. 2 blocks away. So sorry. Oh, they called me and they told me, and I was like, and this has actually happened before. I've actually had to walk a one eight hundred PetMed's package two blocks away to the same house that happens to have the same, same number, not same street, same house number. And I came inside thinking, like, dude. He's like, sorry, and I was, and I told him this happens, and he's like, oh yeah, sorry. You know, sometimes we just look at the number and put it in, and it's like, okay, dude. Like, please, just think about what you're saying to me right now. Like, I didn't get into it with him, but I was like, please, just think about what you're saying right now. Like, your one job is to get a piece of mail from the post office to a house, the correct house. That is your one job. That is your one job. Couldn't even do it correctly. His excuse was, oh, sorry. Sometimes we read the numbers. No. (sighs) Interestingly, because I always assumed that uh, the post office, and I know they're... They are, oh hey Joan, uh, Joan, one of our big wall fans and financial supporters, is actually in Vegas, uh, th- throw a dollar in a, in a slot machine for, for the pod, see, you know, probably lose, that's a dollar thrown away. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this is an interesting little factoid for you, I, I knew that the post office runs off of stamps and postage and everything else, but I assumed, assumed, made an ass out of myself, uh, that they were getting some tax dollars they actually get zero tax dollars interestingly enough i th- i figured they got some kind of tax dollars because they are like a, they're a government agency i believe i mean not an agency but you know they're attached to the government uh, but it, it it all comes from postage and stamps interestingly enough uh, so there's your little you know dinner fact of the day when you're dinner party this weekend you can be like did you know um, all right let's get serious but not serious for a second here So McDonald's is doing a whole little revamp. We're actually going to talk about some McDonald's here for a few minutes. McDonald's is doing a whole revamp on a lot of their restaurants and a lot of their food, new menu items and all this other stuff. Well, they've been pushing their Big Macs on commercials. Happened to catch a Big Mac commercial the other day. I'm going to do a little shout-out, shout-back, revisit, whatever. We we need a better word for that. We're going to revisit when I talked about the Google Emoji Burger, Cheeseburger Emoji, and how the cheese was on the bottom bun. Well, wall fans, well, America, well, everyone freaking out about the stupid Google emoji because we don't have anything else to worry about. We're going to worry about stupid cheeseburger emojis. Watch a Big Mac, Big Mac commercial. The cheese is on the bottom bun underneath the meat patty. So really, Google might have had it right all along. Uh, I joke, you know, because it, it is silly. Who cares about a burger emoji? But there's more cheese on the bottom bun and nowhere else on. It's underneath the meat. So it's okay. It's okay if your burger emoji has the cheese underneath the meat on the bottom bun. It's okay. We'll all get through it. It'll be rough, but we'll all get through it. You can still use your cheeseburger emoji. I do want to talk a little bit more McDonald's uh, because apparently this came out, which actually makes sense because McDonald's serves breakfast all day. Did you know, Wall fans, that you can actually get an egg on any burger at McDonald's? I'm not a huge McDonald's eater. I will get it once every now and then when I just... like. Maybe get some fries now and then. But I will tell you, Sure Fire Hangover Cure is McDonald's, and this is a Hangover Cure game changer. Throw a little egg on my little quarter pounder, which, oh. oh. Future Hungover Sean just got very excited about that one. Uh, game changer when it comes to the cure and the hangover. If you have problems with the hangover, which you shouldn't have problems with it, but it happens once in a while. I'm not talking like serious hang, but if you like <laughs> just soak up some of this liquor from last night, Get yourself some McDonald's and throw an egg on there. Throw an egg on there, for God's sake. Oh, that's the way to do it. Um, and another interesting thing for McDonald's, and I'm only bringing this up because it's interesting from a, a, a health standpoint. Uh, McDonald's this week announced that they are going to be phasing out cheeseburgers from their Happy Meals. You'll still be able to get cheeseburgers there and all that other good stuff. Thank God. Sometimes I have a little too much to drink and I need to walk across it. There's literally a McDonald's by my house. I got to walk across it, I get a little cord pounders, fries get it Uh, so those aren't going away but what they're doing is they're taking them out of kids meals simply because they're trying to keep a calorie cap on the kids meals and the cheeseburger just doesn't really fit in with that if if you're familiar with mcdonald's especially if you have kids and you've been to mcdonald's they have all these healthy options you can get like milk and and apple slices and stuff which is fantastic they should have those options Uh, and now to kind of push that further along they're going to be removing the cheeseburger which I get, but at the same time, I you know I don't think taking a cheeseburger out of a Happy Meal is is solving anything. I think that should be left up to the parents. Um, I I ate plenty of McDonald's as a kid, not like every day, but I had McDonald's as a kid, uh, and and you know I not a, I mean now I'm a little overweight. That's that's mostly the beer I drink now as an adult. Um, but I mean, in high school I was 6'3", 155 pounds, uh, and that was after imbibing on some McDonald's as a kid, and as a teenager for that matter. Uh, all right. Let's get serious. Stone Brewing is actually in the middle of a lawsuit with Keystone Light. and we're going to post this one on the Facebook page on the Twitter and everything. and I'm actually going to hang on to this Disneyland gangs piece because this needs to be talked about, so much common sense going on there. Um, so Stone, they're actually in a, they filed a lawsuit against uh, Keystone Light, Keystone Light. And I'm somewhat familiar with Keystone Light, but even when I was in college and needed cheap beer, we didn't go that terrible. Like, there's beer that's just as cheap but tastes much better than a Keystone Light. But what they're doing is pushing the stone part of Keystone Light. So if you actually look at some of their cans, and I don't even know where you'd find this because I don't think they're allowed to sell Keystone Light in Highland Park where I live. (laughs) Like, hipsters would riot. They would riot. Uh, But what they're doing is they change. They put key really small and light really small, and it just says stone across the can just a stone across the can so stone as they should are coming after him uh, for brand infringement so we'll see what happens there uh and of course at go tell us the wall podcast because we use common sense we support stone brewing uh but simply because i have a very 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 soft spot for stone brewing being from san diego and having literally grown up on stone brewing not grown up but had it as a teenager before anybody else did uh we stand with stone brewing uh so We will continue to support them. We're going to follow this lawsuit and make sure that they can put these keystone light piss tasting beer makers, you know, go brand your beer, piss beer, because that's what it is like. And here's the thing, wall fans, if you're like, but I need cheaper beer, I can't afford stone. Go get yourself a Takate. Just uh, get yourself a Takate. You're talking similar price. So much better tasting. So much better tasting out of hand. How much better tasting it is. (sighs) All right, wall fans. We're out of time. I somehow made it through the whole thing. There was only one choke up in there. Um, but most importantly, on a week like this week, I tell, I, 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 encourage you, hug the ones you love. Hug your friends. Hug your family. Hug, hug the random guy down the street that you wave hi to every day and tell them you love them. Tell them you love them because you don't know when it's the last time you're going to see them. And I know we've all been there. I've been there, you know, not with a mass shooting, but we think back and it's just, this is a, a big reminder of that, big reminder of that. And we're going to continue uh, to push the hashtag, uh, what is it called, hashtag gun reform now. We're going to continue to push that and we're going to continue to talk about it on the podcast because it's dis- it's disgusting and no child should lose their life because we can't enact Logical, common sense gun laws. No child should lose their life. No person, but especially a child, shouldn't lose their life. I shouldn't be terrified to send my children to school. Shouldn't. Nobody should. Let's do better, America. Let's do better. Let's get that son of a bitch out of the White House. Let's get those son of a bitch senators and Congress people out of there and do better. Let's get some people with common sense in there and do better. So that kids don't have to die senselessly, senselessly because some guy's a racist and he's radicalized by white supremacists and has access to automatic rifles, automatic rifles that nobody in the entire world needs in their possession. Let's do better. And I implore you to do better. And I implore you if you see something, say something. And on that note, wall fans. Remember, whatever you do, do it with passion. Have passion for what you do. Have passion for your family, for your friends, for standing up for what you believe in. And even more importantly than that, wall fans, no matter what you do, no matter who you meet, no matter where you go, and no matter why you're doing it, always, always, always use common sense.